Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and welcome to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Today we're talking to Pierre Pradervand. Pierre studied at the University of Geneva, the University of Bern, and the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, before receiving a doctorate in sociology from Sorbonne University in Paris. A true world citizen, Pierre has labored most of his life for social justice, active as a writer, speaker, and workshop facilitator. He's the author of numerous books, including The Gentle Art of Blessing, as well as the his new book, uh, The Art of Discernment, Spiritual Discernment. Pierre, it's great yeah. to finally have you on. <laughs> We've been dancing back and forth trying to get you on for a little bit here. And uh, now you're on. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, how did everything start for you? Everything what? Which everything? Writing? Uh, well, you went from sociology to spiritual discernment. <laughs> and that can be quite a leap. I, I studied sociology in Geneva. Then I went to Algeria in, uh, in North Africa, and there I ran a nationwide demographic survey, which was the only time I've really practiced sociology in the classical sense of the term of doing a large, very large survey. Uh, after that, I went to the University of Michigan, where I spent... Two of the best years of my life, I was a special student, and that uh, I worked two years, which were among the best professional years of my life, with the American Friends Service Committee in West Africa, in the Sahel, introducing the first programs and workshops on family planning and sex education. That was in the 70s. It was really, really innovative. Even some doctors didn't know about family planning. And then I went on to, I noticed what, what struck me traveling in rural areas. That there was no circulation of information. You know, people like teachers, nurses, rural extension workers were supposed to do their work without any information whatsoever. So I thought they need, really need a grassroots magazine, and that's what I, that's what I created, and uh, in two years, it became the best-selling international magazine in French, in the whole of Africa. It became something of a of a journalistic phenomenon, because we addressed themes in the field of health or agriculture or education human relations that were essential to good living. And uh, it was, an, I think that was the best thing I've ever done professionally in my life. And uh, again, it was a huge success. And um, 
then that was really in sociology and family planning. But someplace along the line, you made a leap to become more involved in spiritual work. That was spiritual much, research. Much, much later. In the in early 80s, I came back to Switzerland and I worked in the field of uh, what is called development education, that is to say, educating the public on development issues in uh, in schools. And I was speaking about a worldwide campaign called the Hunger Project, which started in the United States. And one of the sponsors of my work, there were four NGOs, uh, um, I, I told him once that I got up at uh, 4.30, 5 o'clock to meditate in the morning. And he was a militant atheist. And he thought uh, the, the four organizations who employed me, he really decided he didn't want somebody who was uh, in this field, you know, doing meditation, to work for them. So I was, I was thrown out without being thrown out. I was put in face of a decision where I had no alternative but to stay true to my conscious consciousness. So I left, and I felt huge, huge anger against this man. And it lasted for months. It was eating me up. It was unbearable. And suddenly one day the sentence of Jesus, you know, bless those who curse you. I thought, well, of course, that's all I need to do. And I started blessing this man. And then I started, a few, few months later, blessing people in the street, on public transport, in shops, everywhere. And it became such a joy. And one day I was in a, a place for study, a quiet reading room, and suddenly, I received, I can really say that I received, it's never happened before or since in my life, this one-page text on the gentle art of blessing. And my, it was literally dictated to me. My hand was, I was like a scribe under orders. And I started sharing it with friends and the response everywhere was extraordinary. And it started circulating Internationally, I must have uh, just next to my desk translations from a dozen different countries of the text. And then I, I left it at that. And How did you have... bless people where you said you started to bless everyone? And yes. how did you bless them Well, I before, just... you, before you kind of channeled the blessing? I... I uh, wish them the very best from the bottom of my heart. That's how I look at the people and say, it, you know, I'm not fixed, stuck on a, on a formula, but one I like is looking at a person really straight in the face and saying, I really love you and bless you in your divine identity. I do that a, a lot on public transport because I don't have a car. And uh, and then I suddenly one day the idea of writing a book came to me, and 
that was it. It flowed, flowed very easily. And it's been translated in, oh, I think about at least half a dozen languages. So, uh, I'm just I, just saying I, I bless you from the bottom of my heart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or you can you can add I bless you in your divine identity from the bottom of my heart. There's no doesn't exist, there are no fixed formulas. Each one should follow his own intuition, his own heart. If you listen, your heart will tell you always what to say, what to think. But at the beginning, you were full, filled with anger um, at this the beginning. person. So how did that dissipate? Well, because I just continued blessing, blessing, blessing. And 10 years later, I met this man, and I felt one of the most immense surges of joy I've ever felt in my lifetime. I felt like taking him in his, my arms and kissing him. Uh, we, we went, instead we went to have dinner together and we had a very pleasant conversation because I realized that this man had been the instrument to make me discover the power of blessing, something that has enriched the lives of people all around the planet, literally. The, the blessing that has been reprinted everywhere, what exactly is that blessing? Well, it's the one I, I just told you that it was dictated. Okay, Th that's what I wanted to know, if it was yes, the exact same. the one in the book, at the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. um, so you just felt this, this anger dissipate and a love for everybody that you met. Yes, exactly. And then you started to share your words of wisdom with other people of I how to started sharing the text on blessing. And you believe that this was the um, the start of the authentic search, your search, or was that the completion of your search? It it was a stage along the path. Okay. I don't think I'll ever get there on this earth. Always discover, learn, and continue. What did the blessing, what was the next step after the blessing, after learning the blessing? There was, I can't think of a specific next step. I mean, I continue practicing it still now, and I've written many books since mm -hmm. then in in different areas and it's just part of my daily living so um you did write the book the art of the blessing and then you wrote the book spiritual discernment that's the latest book i've just published in august mm -hmm. that's my very latest book by the way the title, the title is by the publisher the French title, because the book exists in French, is How to Find Your Spiritual Path. And the American publisher decided to give it a completely different title, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. 
So how, well, I have two questions. One, the, the man that had you made, made you so angry that you ran into 10 years later, was he still, um, did he still not believe in anything? I or had know. he grown? I didn't ask him at all. That's personal. If people mm -hmm. feel like sharing, that's fine. But I don't, I'm not an inquisitor and I don't ask people where their beliefs are. I was just wondering if it came up since that's how exactly. you parted company was, exactly. you know, that. So what is the difference between um, the discernment, spiritual discernment and blessing? How is that the next step? Well, it's it's not a next step for me. It's just a title that the American publisher uh, decided he wanted to put on the cover to fill, to sell the book. It had nothing spiritual in in that decision whatsoever. It was a purely commercial decision. Mm -hmm. I don't see there's very anything significant on the spiritual level. But what is the difference between your blessing book and this new book? Well, the difference is it's completely different. This is to help people who are on a spiritual path and who are, are looking for an approach to spirituality that has meaning to them to help them find it, which is quite different from the practice of blessing. One is a, well, they are both tools, but in a very different way. The gentle art of blessing is a tool to use in all situations, all day long. And the book on on uh, it's called "Finding Your." The subtitle is "Finding Your Personal Path," which is what the book is all about: helping pe people find their personal spiritual path. How do you help them do that? Well, I read the book. That's all I can say. I mean, each one. Well, we're, we're sharing the book on the radio now. Yes, so that's why I'd like you to talk a little bit more about it. I think the most important thing, the most important thing in life is to stay true to your personal integrity. Mm -hmm. And if a path speaks to you, very strongly, will continue on that path. If it doesn't speak to you, or if there are aspects of the path that really bother you, well, that's a sign that it's not meant for you. The, the one important thing here is listening. Listening to what your heart is telling you. There what happens to the person whose heart as you were at the beginning, so angry, you know, now you started to bless everybody and that was almost a lucky, you know, intervention by the spiritual world. But what about the person who's just very angry and very upset and, you know, how do you get them to kind of jumpstart? I don't get them. I, I, I would suggest 
that they would practice blessing. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Okay? So he mm -hmm. gave us the right thing to do. Just bless those with whom we are upset. And the upset will disappear completely, completely. Is, did you go to religion for this, or is there a difference oh, between religion and spirituality? Oh, absolutely. I think I think religions have played a very important role for thousands of years, but now the world is changing so dramatically. I believe that organized religions, at least many of them, will little by little disappear. And people will be looking for their own spiritual path. Religion is organized forms of ritual, uh, specific kinds of prayers, etc. Spirit, the spiritual path is listening to the spirit and what it says to me. Um, you talk about who or what is God. And in your book, you say you were leaving in Senegal, West Africa. Yes. So who or what is God? Well, it's probably the, the most challenging question one can ask. I, I don't think anyone can define God. It's certainly not I mean, Christianity and other religions define him as a father and a mother. That's, you know, all things are images taken from human experience. But there is, when you look at the universe, the universe, you know, the furthest galaxies, according to latest projections, are something like 45 billion light years away. That is so stupendous. We can't even start imagining. Just in our galaxy, there are thousands of planets, many of which are certainly inhabited. But there's some energy, some spirit, something which created that. Something like the universe could not come out of nothingness. There had to be a, a cause behind the universe, and some call that cause God. For me now, more and more, I see it as, a, as a, an extraordinary energy of love. I tell in my book, I speak of my experience with universal infinite love. And how it, at one moment, how it embraced me. And that is the essence of this being. It is pure love. And that's my experience, my definition based on my experience. How does a human being um, so flawed get to pure, infinite love? How does a human being what? We are so flawed and we are so complicated with so many emotions. How do we get to pure love? I think the most 
important thing on the spiritual path is deep, deep yearning. Somebody who has an incredibly deep yearning will get there. And uh, there's a lovely story by Tolstoy. It's one of my favorite spiritual stories of a, a bishop in Russia that was under the Tsars, of course. And uh, he'd just been nominated bishop and he decided to visit his, I don't know how you call this a bishopric, the, the area where he was bishop. And uh, he was on a on the boat on the Black Sea. And at one moment, all the passengers lean over on one side of the boat as it passed close to a little island. And the bishop asked, what, what on earth are they doing? And uh, the people explained to him that there were three elderly men who lived on that island and who, which prayed without ceasing. And uh, at that time, the order, the, the request of a bishop was like an order under the, under the Tsars. And uh, the bishop asked the captain to stop the boat and send a, a little, uh, a, a small rowing boat so that he could visit the island. So the, the captain immediately got two, uh, two uh, sailors to take the, the bishop toward that little island. And as he arrived, he saw three elderly men with long, long beards. And he arrived and uh, he explained who he was, that he was their bishop, and that he'd heard that they prayed without ceasing. And he asked them, how do you pray? And they said, oh, we pray thus, you are three, we are three, have mercy upon us. And the bishop said, well, that's uh, very nice, but that's not the real way to pray. I'm going to teach you the real way to pray. And he started teaching them the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven. But these gentlemen were not used to memorizing things. And it took hours to teach them how to say the prayer. And But finally, by mid-afternoon, it seemed that they'd mastered the prayer, and he left them. And in the evening, he, he wasn't quiet. He couldn't go to sleep, and he came up on the boat and he stood next to the helmsman and suddenly the helmsman pushed a cry and he showed the bishop a point of light that it was approaching the boat more and more and after a while they recognized 
the three men, the three old men, sliding on the water. And they caught up with the boat. And they said, oh, Bishop, we have come to you because we've already forgotten part of the prayer. And the, the bishop was crossing himself wildly during the, during the sign of the cross. And he said, I don't need to teach you anything, my brothers. Your prayer is sufficient for you. And the boat started again, and they slid back on the water to go back to their island. And until the morning, there was a light that shined on the horizon. Now, <coughs> these men had a, an intention, a con concentration, a commitment that was total. And that for me is the, the most important aspect of spiritual search is your deep, deep commitment to finding what is right for you. Now, I want to take a break right now, and we're going to be right back. And when we come back, I want to talk more about the concept of prayer and what that means to you. So we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one -one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and we're back with Pierre Prader-Vand, who is talking to us about a number of his books. One is The Gentle Art of uh, the Blessing, Gentle Art of Blessing, not the Blessing. And also his new book that he's um, coming out with, it'll be introduced in the United States, um, talking it, it about spiritual discernment. Has it, it has already come, come out? In August. Oh, okay. And what is the exact name of your book? The Gentle Art of Spiritual Discernment, How to Find Your Personal Path. Okay, good. Perfect. Um, when we left right before the uh, break, we were talking about prayer. And um, 
what does the concept of prayer mean to you? Well, for me, the traditional way of praying, that is asking something from a remote God, is completely beside the question. Because this entity that we call God has already given us everything. We can't ask us ask it for anything. In that respect, for me, the most the most powerful spiritual statement I have come across in my whole life studying all kinds of religions and spiritual paths is a statement in the parable of the prodigal son where which Jesus tells to narrates to the people and at the end of the parable the father says to the elder son my son thou art always with me and all that i have is thine and that's a, an incredible statement of non-dualism non-dualism means we are not separate with god from god we are one with him at all times i always say people when i look at people in the public transport or elsewhere i say this is god smiling on the earth you bob are god smiling on the earth there is no separation between the source this divine entity and you and that's the the definition of non-dualism is this perfect oneness with the source whereas maybe 95 percent of world religions are profoundly dualistic you have god at the top of the mountain and the believer spends his time climbing this mountain with the hope that one day he might get at the top whereas in the non in non-dualism we are already at the top of the mountain rejoicing that we are there why did religions get into the dualistic view of god well i think they were dualistic right from the beginning non-dualism is something that came much much later first in some indian teachings and then here here and there <coughs> in in the new testament for instance jesus says i am the i and the father we are one and that applies to every single person not only jesus but to every single person but most people are not aware of it were never taught it by the religions but why well, did the religions go um into dualism well I you know because they, they all seem to do it it's almost like okay we've yes, got god I, very I, separate from you i think religions you must imagine that i don't know fifty thousand years ago uh people were living in caves or i don't know 
in very primitive conditions. And there was a thunder and the lightning. And some years it was a drought and other years too much water and inundations. And people could not imagine this, but some power they could not explain somewhere surrounding them, and they put it in heaven most of the time, which controlled all these strange phenomena. So there was right from the departure of religions, there was this division of man down here and some strange power high up there in the sky or wherever you wanted to place it, controlling things. So that was dualism. And then, little by little, some people started thinking for themselves, and like, for instance, in the Christian tradition, Jacob Berme, he was a mystic of the, I think, 17th century, who had a completely non-dual vision of of life and uh, in the more recent years in the last century there's a great american mystic called joel goldsmith whom i whom i read almost every day he's my let's say spiritual guide at at the moment and joel goldsmith has a very clear, strong non-dualism. And his name, I repeat, Joel Goldsmith. And anyone can go on the internet and find his books. And uh, his basic book, which contains the essence of his teaching, is a short book called The Infinite Way by Joel Goldsmith. Why are you so fascinated by that book? What is that book? It's it's just a a clear presentation of non-dualism. So non-dualism or dualism really came from early humans and seeing things outside of themselves. But there was quite yeah. a few religions or beliefs. Um, where they felt very much, um, you know, Native American felt very much in tune with everything on Earth, everything, every part of Earth. Although I do have to admit with um, when it came to light, lightning, I don't know if they felt it so much there, but with the animals, the plants, the Earth itself, they felt very much part of and that it was all spiritual, it was all one. So some some cultures, some beliefs apparently made it through to that non-dualism, but yes. maybe earlier ones were dualism. Because I know Greek mythology was very much us and them. <laughs> us and the gods. You know, very, very separate. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So when religions actually started, they went for the dualistic belief, which was more prevalent uh, um, with humans, but not with um, nature religions.
How did so we talked a little bit about getting from religion because you mix up religion and spirituality in your world. Oh. They are they are um in a way quite a bit. You refer to both of them. You pick from both of them for you for your spiritualism. I don't belong I don't practice spiritualism, which is a, a special kind of teaching. I try to follow a non-dual spiritual path. And I think religions might uh, disappear one day because they are hierarchical, they are organized around fixed beliefs, and I think they were helpful for many thousands of years, although they were also terrible in that they encouraged religious wars. When you think of the Crusades, that was terrible. Or the, the, the fighting between Protestants and Catholics, not to mention the extermination of whole people in the name of religion, which was the end of horror. Uh, that was the first start of religion. So they did also a lot of good, but also a lot of harm. But now civilization is progressing. We have, I think, higher views. And I think we are replacing organized religion by personal spirituality. And that is something... A lot of people... I'm sorry, go ahead. That's something each one lives in his own way. Spirituality. Each and one that's... Has that's one of the things I think we've lost from religion, where it was a community. In a way, it was a tribe. And it was quite a... Religions were very tribal, which is what brought us to a lot of the negative parts of religion. But a lot of spiritual seekers seem to be very... Um, Individualistic. Very isolated, very lonely in their spiritual seeking. Very alone. So there doesn't seem to be very strong communities. You're quite right. I quite agree with you. That's uh, that's one potential weakness of living one's spirituality that uh, one does not share with other people, although it does not have to be like that at all. It can be very, very much live together. I find, for instance, I, I attend Quaker meetings in Geneva, and I find Quakers very special, beautiful people. They are extremely tolerant, and nobody asks anybody what their beliefs are, but at the same time there is a community, and people share. It's usually it's about one hour in silence, and occasionally, someone might get up and share an insight, an inspiration he has received. So it has, in a sense, the best of both worlds. I have actually been to Quaker meetings, and I find them very, very peaceful. Um, and then they do have a community of service, really. And, of course. Um, of course. 
you talk about service as so important in modern spirituality. Yes. How do you? I, I do think. That's, why is that? I don't think you can live because service means caring for your neighbor. And there's such a need in the world today of, you know, supporting all sorts of minorities, not to mention the poor. There's such a need and a spirituality that can be lived without deep concern for these groups, for me, is not worth much. Um, so service is just treating the other as you would treat yourself, that kind of thing. Pardon? I didn't understand. Uh, service. You, you talk about service to your neighbor. So it really comes down to, you know, treat your neighbor as you treat yourself. Yes, yes. That very core belief of absolutely treat the other as you want to be treated. Exactly. So you, do you do you um, have again? That's very isolating, you know, because you are on your own spiritual path alone doing that in many cases. Um, but let me go back to what are the basic qualities of a spiritual seeker? I have so many replies. The first one for me is integrity. Another you, one, quite, another you write quite a bit about integrity. Yes, exactly. Because it's, for me, it's, it's the basis of living of good living, of honest living. And then what is integrity? Pardon? What is integrity? Integrity is living according to your highest sense of what is right. To give a very brief, I have a whole definition of integrity in uh, uh, maybe in the last book. I don't remember where, and uh, it might be in at least a couple of my books. And it's something very profound. And then honesty is important. Perseverance is an essential quality on the spiritual path. Trust that all things will turn out for the good. These are a few qualities that are essential on the spiritual path. Is know thyself one of those? Yes, that would be an element of the spiritual searching, yes. It's awful, awful hard sometimes to know yourself. People don't see themselves very well. Well, we are not taught. We are not taught that. So it's not surprising that not many people undertake that search. Is that true of all cultures that we are not taught to um, to know ourselves? Everything. Is there any culture that, that we are taught that? To know ourselves first? Bob, there are hundreds of cultures on this planet, and I know 
personally know I would say a, a handful of them. So I really can't reply to your question. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Because it certainly doesn't seem to be in the American culture, the Western culture. And honestly, I don't know if it's in the European culture. Um, so what are the other basic tools of progress on the spiritual path? Well, I think I've, I said the main ones, you know, the integrity, the honesty, the steadfastness, the perseverance, never giving up, however tough the road may be. And, of course, deep, deep trust. Trust in the infinite power that is running this universe. Is that also trust in life? That yes. life is here to support you? or For some people, life is a synonym for God, you know. I think a very important aspect of our discussion is what, uh, oh, she's a, um, a very well-known American, uh, very well-known American specialist in, in, uh, in personal development, who said 30 years ago, oh, what's her name? Let me just... Let me just look at it. It's so, so important. Byron Katie. Byron Katie was for many years one of the leading figures of the American personal development scene. Now I think she's an elder woman. I think she's less, less active. And she said, it struck me many, many, at least 30 years ago, that the main problem of the world is not war or hunger or political divisions or ethnic fights, the main problem in the world is confusion. And I so agree with her. We live in a world of incredible confusion because the old hierarchical authoritarian systems have crumbled and nothing has replaced them. And especially since the in creation of internet, anyone has access at the tip of his finger to a thousand different opinions on, or let's say dozens of different opinions on any topic. And it creates a world of huge confusion. That's why it is so essential on the spiritual path to have some basic grounding that avoids this confusion. How My, do you, because I agree with you, it seems like the whole world is in a state of confusion. As yes. we do a massive change from, um, from where we were in the 1950s and 60s to now, from organized religion to individual spirituality, all of it, and it is very confusing. The thing is, is what do we do with this? How do we get out of confusion? Well, everyone must find his basic grounding, his basic anchor, 
each one needs a personal anchor. I have my own personal anchor and each one has to find his own or her own. What is your personal anchor? Is it your spirituality and blessings My and non-dualism? Is the belief that love is the greatest power in the universe. There's just a, a statement by Mary Baker Reddy, who is an American metaphysician of last century. She said, just live love, be it. Love, love, love. Do not know anything else but love. Be all love. There is nothing else. That will do the work. It will heal everything. It will raise the dead. Be nothing but love. That's a, a short summary of my spiritual beliefs. It's the, the condensation, the essence, the essence of my spiritual beliefs. Have you my achieved that? I'm on the way, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we are so human, all of us. And, you know, as much as we want to, as much as we want to be pure love and express love and feel love, well, then we have anger come up or we didn't sleep last night and we're irritable and uh, frustration. And, you know, how do you bring love into the human form. Exactly. Well, I, I'm on the path. That's all I can say. <laughs> but when you have anger come up or, or you well, know. That doesn't happen. That It never happens. For the past, at least the past three years, Bob, I have had a deep, deep peace right down inside me. And nothing, nothing, has ever disturbed me since. Whatever happens around me, I keep this deep, deep peace, and it's the greatest treasure in my life. What happened three years ago that shifted nothing, you into that? Half. It might be two and a half years ago, might be three and a half years ago. Nothing special, but I I started feeling this, this sense of being grounded in peace, and it's got more and more powerful as time went on. Uh, now, that is a blessing. <laughs> to, to have that deep peace like that, that truly is a blessing. Exactly. Um, can, you, can you imagine a life without spirituality at this point? No more. No, of course no. not. I was very, when, when I was very young, I was, quite a few years without any spiritual attachments. And then I came to the University of Michigan when I was about, I don't know, something like 35. And I really felt the need to look for a spiritual attachment. And I, I went to different groups and found what I needed. So when you're teaching people um, or helping them to find their spiritual path. Um, you have to keep it pretty wide open because everyone has a different method, a different way of getting there. I don't teach anybody 
how to find their spiritual path. I reply to questions about my own path, but I don't give recommendations to anyone on how to live their personal spiritual path. Do, do you still have classes on it, though? I stopped no? giving... I didn't have classes. I've never had classes. I've had workshops. And I stopped okay. my workshops last December at 86. And I'm 86 now. But I continue giving workshops on demand. Mm -hmm. And in those workshops... How do you get them all to the same base? I don't. I don't to... try. To, I don't try to get anywhere, anyone, anywhere. I share ideas, hoping it will be helpful. And from the feedback I've been receiving for thirty years, it seems it works. I've received amazing, amazing feedback over thirty years. Um, we're coming to the end of our interview and I want yes. you to tell everybody where to get, you know, are you still, you're still taking questions and communication and all and where they can get hold of you and where well, they can get hold of your books. And you well, have, my, how many books do you books have? In all, in all good books, uh, bookstores. And mm -hmm. if they're in a small town with a small bookstore, well, a bookstore can order my books with a publisher, okay? That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. okay. Also on Amazon? Yes, of course. Most mm -hmm. of my books are on Amazon. As how, Pierre, my, how many books do you have now? Well, I've, I've published about 23 books in a dozen different languages. Wow, that's that's quite a lot. Quite a yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And you asked me where people could reach me. They can reach me at my email address, which you have. Okay. Do you want to say it so people this listening can have it? P I E double -R, R E at v i v r e a u t r e m e n t dot c h okay and you also have a web page um you're also Jennifer. on youtube instagram facebook no i'm not on the social media at all but I have a website on spirituality, gentleartofblessing.org. Okay, that's all great. Linked, all linked, all linked, gentleartofblessing.org. I think you also have it under your name, uh, pierreproderband.com. It's just on my books. That's just on my books. It's not a... Oh, it a is. Okay. Okay, so the other one, the gentleartofblessing.org is more more your, you and your work. Well, I have one in French, but I'm going to close it in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to terminate it in the coming weeks. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed our conversation. 
You're so welcome. And all the best to you. Thank as, you. And to you. Blessings. <laughs> as Gandhi used to end his letters, peace, strength, and joy to you. Thank you. That's beautiful. Bye -bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.